Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, December 18th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, the bell rings as early as 7.10 in the morning at some St. Louis schools. Sleep doctors say that does not conform to a normal sleep schedule for teens. They want to go to bed at 1 in the morning, but they have to get up at 6 in the morning get to school by 7. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports on how some parents are pushing to change school start times. First, the headlines. Missouri officials have denied St. Louis's request for $15 million in tax credits for a proposed Major League Soccer stadium. The Missouri Development Finance Board canceled its December meeting to vote on the matter. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll has more on why the tax credits are in limbo. In order to approve the tax credits, the board needed additional authorization. This is because the city's request exceeded the $10 million cap the board can approve on its own, but they were denied that authorization. The city was originally asking for $30 million in tax incentives over a two-year period. Otis Williams is in charge of redevelopment for the city. Well, we'll continue to, t- to have discussions through with the state, and uh, potentially we may be able to appear before the MDFB board in, uh, in January and uh, look at a different path. The stadium will be built primarily using private funds, but the tax credits are going to be used to prepare the ground surrounding the stadium. Despite the denial, construction is not expected to be delayed. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Fairview Heights is the sixth community in the Metro East to allow recreational marijuana sales. The city council has voted to allow those sales. Ward 2 Alderman Ryan Vickers says the city is always looking for ways to bring in money. you looking at a city that I wouldn't say we're suffering commercial-wise, but we're looking at new ways to generate funds, and one of those ways would be through dispensaries. Vickers says the council will carefully evaluate where dispensaries can open. Fairview Heights must set zoning rules for cannabis businesses before any of those dispensaries can move in. Utility company Ameren has come to an agreement with Missouri's Department of Natural Resources to donate an old rail line for use as a recreational trail. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, the deal will not be finalized until millions of dollars in private money are found. The former Rock Island and Pacific Rail Corridor stretches 144 miles from Beaufort to Windsor and would complete a trail that would connect Kansas City to St. Louis. Ameren and state officials signed an agreement that sets the stage for the land to be transferred to the state. Interim State's Park Director Mike Sutherland says the agreement stipulates nearly $10 million must be raised in the next two years. And we're pretty optimistic that there's the support out there and that we'll be able to build those um, partnerships that will allow it to happen. That money will help cover initial development, management, and security costs. The total development of the trail is estimated to cost upward of $85 million. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. It's expected to be another historic day in Washington. The main on-air signal of St. Louis Public Radio will carry NPR's live coverage of the full House of Representatives debate and vote on the articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump. The proceedings are expected to last most of the day. Our regular schedule can be streamed at stlpublicradio.org 
under KWMU1 regularly scheduled programs. As children become teenagers, they naturally want to stay up longer and wake up later. Doctors say a good night's sleep is important for teens to grow up healthy. But some schools in St. Louis start just after 7 in the morning. As St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports, parents are pushing school districts to push back the start of school. Middle schoolers shuffle out of their parents' cars through the winter dark and into the bright light of the McKinley School Building in St. Louis. It's 6.40 in the morning. School starts at 7.10. Lisa Manzo-Preston is a mom of one of those McKinley middle schoolers. They live just three minutes from the school on Russell Boulevard. If her 13-year-old daughter took the bus, she'd have to be outside and ready at 6.03 a.m. That's impossible for us. That's absolutely not something we're able to do because just her level of exhaustion and her inability to wake up in the morning. She's part of a parent group lobbying St. Louis public schools to push back these early morning school bells so teens get more of the sleep doctors say they need. Eric Lansness is a parent in that group who also happens to be a sleep physician. He says teens' biological clocks want to stay up until midnight. This is why our kids are so sleep-deprived. They want to go to bed at 1 in the morning, but they have to get up at 6 in the morning to the school by 7. National Sleep and Pediatric Medical Associations are in favor of later school start times. California heeded that advice and passed a law this fall that nearly all middle and high schools can start no earlier than 8.30. In the St. Louis region, Rockwood, Afton, and Maplewood Richmond Heights have all pushed back the first bell in recent years by 20 to 50 minutes. District officials say their students arrive for school more attentive and ready to learn. Moving back the start of the school day is more complicated than it may sound. Right now, buses bring kids to St. Louis public schools in three waves. SLPS Superintendent Kelvin Adams says changing bus routes so all schools start after 8 a.m. would be expensive. We run 276 buses right now. We would literally have to run, I think, close to 700 buses. And I don't even know that we have the ability to do so. Adams says the district is open to working with the parents to study ways to adjust bus and school schedules. Until then, Manzo Preston says she limits her daughter's after-school activities so she gets to bed early enough to wake up on time the next morning. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Most people try to avoid getting the flu, but in St. Louis, some are volunteering to be infected. It's part of a national effort to better understand how the immune system fights off the virus. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, St. Louis University researchers have designed a special flu hotel to quarantine patients. Sarah King considers herself an excellent sick person. I have a pretty high pain tolerance and I'm not a person that, you know, whines a lot. I just kind of suck it up and am sick. So when King heard about a slew study that pays volunteers about $3,000 to be infected with the flu, she thought, well, why not? Her mom, on the other hand, was less than enthusiastic. She said, oh, I'm so proud. You've grown up to become a lab rat. <laughs> King spent a week and a half in SLU's Extended Stay Research Unit, nicknamed Hotel Influenza. Inside, there are TVs and exercise equipment, just like a regular hotel. But there's one big difference. After the patients have checked in, they're given a nasal spray containing live flu virus. None of the patients have gotten a flu shot. And that's the point, says SLU professor Daniel Hoft. The infectious disease specialist says the goal is to better understand how the immune system naturally responds to the flu. 
The best endpoint would be seeing new immune responses that have not been used as biomarkers for influenza vaccines. Meaning researchers could develop more effective vaccines. Matthew Mears rarely gets a flu shot. And even after having the flu virus sprayed directly up his nose in this study, he didn't show any symptoms. He says at first, the flu hotel felt like a vacation with 11 strangers. We learned quite a few new card games while we were there. Uh, I colored, which I haven't done in probably 30 or 40 years. Watched some football, of course. But after 10 days in quarantine... I was getting quite a bit more stir-crazy. I can feel my nerves getting jittery. Mears is happy to be home, but he says he'd definitely sign up for another stay at Hotel Influenza. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report and the one from Ryan Delaney on School Start Times. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, an apology. Yesterday marked the 30th anniversary of the first broadcast of a full episode of The Simpsons, and I failed to recognize it. From Bart's hijinks and Lisa's intelligence, I've always thought the show is about a love story between Homer and Marge. So... Here's a little tune from Season 5, Episode 9, The Last Temptation of Homer. Oh, Margie, you came and you found me a turkey on my vacation away from worky. Still cracks me up after all these years. I'm Wayne Pratt. I'm on Twitter, at Wayne Radio. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.